0: There are another 3,481 new cases of COVID-19 reported on Sunday through our limited PCR testing. Uh, there were 16,816 tests completed the day before, and the test positivity rate is 17.6%. Modeling shows the real figure could be 10 times that number. And wastewater data, we spoke with Dr. Peter Uni about this on Friday Um In fact, he says we're seeing an estimated 100,000 to 120,000 new cases a week. It seems like um, you cannot throw a stick without finding somebody in your group of friends that has COVID nineteen. It can't be just me. No, a lot of people are talking about this. Dr. uh, Nilly Kaplan Mirth joins the show now, an Ottawa-based family physician. Uh, doctor, we find you actually at home with COVID-19, don't we?
1: Yeah, today's day nine of being sick. And um, my my son, who's 18 and works at a hardware store, uh, was masked, wearing his N95 mask. But as soon as the mask mandate was dropped in Ontario, customers started coming into the shop where he works unmasked. And... Um, He was the first to get sick in our household, although I've been seeing as a family doctor, I've been seeing patients in my office um, Monday to Friday, pretty much for the last two years in person. And I've seen interacted with more than 14,000 patients as we've given them vaccines. Um, I have not gotten COVID up until now, Um, but it's. You know, once my son had it, it was already kind of too late. Once he had it, he had then already given it um, to the rest of us in our family. So he got sick, and then my husband, and then I, and then my daughter. And um, we are um, uh, able to access PCR tests because I'm a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, my patients are um, like just everyone is is getting sick. And, um, and like me and my family, these are people who did all the right things. They followed um, guidelines um, to the letter. They did not go out and do activities that would have put them at risk. They wore their their better respirators and um, their KN95 masks. They had three doses of vaccine. Um, and because they had vaccine, they're not ending up in hospital. And mm-hmm. as uh, sick as I feel um, and as frustrating as it is to have had to cancel all of my patients last week, and I'm counseling my patients against this again this week because I won't put them at risk. Um, I am grateful for the fact that I'm not worrying about a body bag, which is what we would have been worrying about in March of 2020. So, um, But this is the direct consequence of Ontario throwing out all of the tools that we had to protect people. And um, and I really, uh, you know, I'm staring right now at, a, um, at the letter that was written to um, British Columbia's um, uh, Medical officer of health from the um, office of their human rights commissioner and i 'm trying to compose a letter to send to our Ottawa School board to say um, that they, they that it is like really um, mm-hmm. negligent and um, it is um, it is so important that they uh, bring back masks in schools, and our public health officers should have brought back um, mask mandates in all in all um, public spaces and all indoor spaces, all essential. I think about my patients who are grocers, you know, people who don't have the uh, privilege of working from home, who can't, who, who, you know, and and masks require two people to be wearing masks, not just one. So that's why my son ended up getting sick. It's not enough just for the one person to be wearing the mask. Everybody needs to be wearing
0: masks. Can I ask you, um, can I break in for a second? Because I know you have a lot to say, and I think it's incredibly important that people hear it. How important is the distancing? Because
1: I distancing was out this weekend is, well, and... and... So look, a lot, of the, a lot of the original guidelines, the staying two meters apart and the, um, uh, you know, washing of surfaces, we haven't been able to shake that that is what people think is, is so important. When you're in a room, and, and we, we keep using this analogy of cigarette smoke, but if you're in a room and somebody two meters away from you is smoking a cigarette, are you going to still be affected by that cigarette smoke? Absolutely. If somebody's two meters away from you and farts, are you going to smell it? Absolutely. <laughs> air does not, does not, you know, observe any kind of distance. The two meters was about droplets. If somebody is two mm-hmm. meters away from you and they speak and they spit while they're speaking, their saliva might not hit your face. But the air is still going to carry the, the COVID um, viral particles into your respiratory tract, and you are still going to get sick. So, um, you know, it took two years for the WHO and for our um, public health agency, and um, like really around the world, for for governments to acknowledge the science that COVID is airborne. Uh, it shouldn't have taken that long. But then we still see these directives coming from our school boards and coming mm-hmm. from public health saying, "Don't forget to wash surfaces." I mean, yes, you know what? You should clean your hands because there are other Diseases that are absolutely spread through fecal-oral um, transmission. There are other diseases that really hand-washing and clean surfaces. Those are important um, hygiene, you know, issues in in um, other respects. But for COVID nineteen, it's airborne. We need to be uh, wearing better masks. We need to have uh, proper ventilation in place. Most teachers are writing. They're writing to us. Um, they're saying like nothing, no no measures were were, um, implemented to improve the safety in their classrooms. Nothing.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I had a very long conversation with a friend of mine who's now COVID positive. That's a teacher and every, all her kids in grade school, and they're not all vaccinated, um, have taken their masks off except for one student in her class. And she funnily enough, uh, got COVID go figure. And, um, She was basically saying that, you know, when she's not there, guess what happens at grade school? Well, they're already short of teachers. They don't have supply teachers. Your your kids lose French, and the French teachers go there. And when the there, you know, there's not enough French teachers to teach the kids' class because the teachers are out with COVID, then you end up in a situation where the EAs go and do it, and those teachers can't help the the kids that really need their help anymore because they're too busy taking care of a class. So when you talk about education and, you know, the importance of having our kids in school, well, they're not in school just to be babysat. They're in school to be taught. And if there aren't enough teachers, that's problematic. I think everybody can argue that you want your kids in class in person, but you want them to be able to stay in class in person for as long as possible. And if masks allow them to do that, it seems like that's a really simple fix that people are are really, you know, digging their heels in about.
1: Yeah, and it's a tool that the kids were the, the kids were more than willing to continue to wear. Um, they yeah. would have continued to use masks. They had been using them for two years. And, you know, I mean, walking to my office in the mornings, I would pass by the elementary school and I'd see the little four-year-olds where they'd been doing story time outside every morning for two years, you know, even in the very cold weather, in order to have better ventilation. But everybody was wearing masks up until they dropped the mask mandates. And then I saw this row of kids sitting shoulder to shoulder first day, most of the kids were wearing masks, the teacher had taken hers off. By the end of the first week, you know, you could see the kids progressively taking their masks off. Who are they looking to as role models? They're looking to their teachers. You know, kids are, it's not necessarily that they're being bullied, but kids no. um, are are um, going to, uh, by and large, do whatever is the, the path of least resistance. And if uh, everybody else is taking off their mask, they're going to take off their mask. Okay, but it's so- not... It's not just that all the classrooms are collapsing. You know, there's a question of all the kids who are under the age of five who are too young for vaccines. All the kids of all the ages who are getting COVID, what are the long-term consequences for our population in terms of long COVID, in terms of the effect on our hearts, our brains, our respiratory systems, in terms of, um, you know, the uh, healthcare system. Like as a family doctor, when I'm not in my office for a week, 1,400 patients don't have anybody to take care of them. Mm -hmm. Some of those patients have newly diagnosed cancer. Some of those patients are having strokes. Some of it, like, they need care, but there is nobody. And then the emergency rooms are closing across the province where um, they're understaffed. And, you know, my my colleagues who are ICU nurses are saying, like, you know, they're critically understaffed. And the Children's Hospital has been critically understaffed and overwhelmed.
0: I heard a psychiatric hospital, also the same deal never had as many people off with with covid as they have now it seems to be you know and then you think to yourself what what is the component what's the (coughs) one thing that's changed and that would be the masking well Well, the the capacity limits as well in public spots i guess all of it all of it so what has changed is we took off the masks we stopped testing
1: people. And people are are doing the rapid tests and they're getting false negative results, you know, in in a situation in which you have any symptoms. At this point, you have to assume you have COVID. You've probably done your rapid test wrong if you have a negative test, but you're symptomatic. And we're encouraging people to go back to work after five days when they are still contagious after five days. But there's no testing and there's no um, supports for isolation. And um, and I mean, getting rid of vaccine mandates meant that it really undermined the messaging where vaccines are still important. And, and um, in Ontario, we did a phenomenal job of getting people mm-hmm. their first two doses, but people did not get their third doses. And that is so important. So their immunity from that second dose that we gave them, at this point, Almost like a year ago, it's not good enough anymore. So, okay, doctor, let we're me going ask to see you this: more people in the ICU.
0: Do you think that uh, the strategy that the province has taken now is let's throw our hands up in the air and, and just allow as many people to get it as as possible and hope for herd immunity?
1: Um, th- there's no such thing as herd immunity here, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, the the um, approach that they've taken is to pander to a very small number of anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers. They've um, They've really um, embraced the idea that this story that, um, well, people will just make their own choices and that this is about individual responsibility rather than seeing this as a public health and community crisis that is something that requires leadership and requires um, good, solid policy in order to protect all of our vulnerable people in the population. And really, at this point, um, we're all vulnerable mm-hmm. to get COVID. Um, and then there are those who are more vulnerable, who are going to end up in hospital, in uh, the ICU or dying.
0: I know you've got COVID and you can hear that you're, you know, it's it's tough to talk when you've got COVID. You're exhausted. You're, you know, I've heard you cough a couple of times. I don't have a lot of time with you in 30 seconds or less. What would you like to hear from the chief medical officer of health today? Because he's speaking at one.
1: The only thing that we could hear from him today that would give anybody any sense that he's taking responsibility would be to say, we made a mistake. We need to put masks back on.
0: All right. I want to thank you for your time. I hope you get better uh, speedily and uh, that there's no long-term effects. It's, uh, it's just a horrible uh, situation to be in, and I feel for you and your whole family. Thank you very much for joining us. All right. Take care. Have a good day. Dr. Nilly Kaplan-Mirth is an Ottawa-based family physician, has COVID, has been dealing with it for eight days, 1,400 patients now without a doctor.